So a very warm welcome to the spiritguides.co.uk network radio. Tonight's guest is Dolores Cannon and I am, you know, I'm sure many of you know who Dolores is through the wonderful uh, books that she's released, um, especially the Convoluted Universe series, which really opens up, um, you know, the whole possibilities of reality really and what's out there. Um, Dolores is coming to the UK um, between August and September, so we're going to catch up with Dolores now to find out more about the workshop and the tour that she's doing and hopefully get some more insight if we're able to into her new book convoluted universe 4 so very warm welcome dolores it's great to have you on it's it's night there i guess because we're about six hours different yeah it is it's um i mean as we're recording this now it's uh coming up to 8 p.m in the uk it's still light outside so we're obviously coming up to the uh, the longest day in the UK. Well, obviously in the Northern Hemisphere. So, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you know, you just caught me in time because I'm getting ready to go on a whole series of trips that I won't really be back in the States to stay until the end of November. And I'm only home really for the holidays is when I'm really in the States. So yeah. we're just getting ready to leave in the morning to start all these series of tours. Sure. But the first thing I'm going to be doing is a six-week tour of all over the United States and then up into Canada. And then I've got about two weeks and I head over to your part of the world. Okay. I mean, just a quick question on that. Do you feel that it's, the time is um, of the essence, that it's more important right now to get the message out there before we reach 2012, like the big date that you know, a lot of people are focusing on? Yeah, they're all worried about that date, but it's just a date. It's just a date. It's nothing to be excited about. That's what everybody keeps thinking. Uh, it's going to be the end of the world and all of this. It's not. It's just a date. It's all part of the energy, and the we're shifting into another dimension and another frequency, and the Earth is changing its frequency to go into this new dimension, and our bodies have to change to go with it. But there's not going to be anything dramatic at all. It's a very slow, gradual process. And I know they're all thinking there's going to be something really, uh, I don't know, drastic or something is going to happen on that day. That day is going to pass and nobody's going to even notice there's a difference. This is what I've been writing about. See, I just returned from Russia. And over there, you know, I gave a five-day test. The classes take longer because we have the translation. And I thought I was finished, and they kept saying, tell us something about 2012. And I said, well, that's going to take a little longer. But they said, please tell us something. All they're hearing is the uh, the doom and gloom, the end of the world, and that's all anybody's talking about. And so I talked about a half hour with them that, no, 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 this is not negative. This is not the end of the world. This is one of the most beautiful experiences that will ever happen and we're living in a very exciting time right now that that all of this is changing. And it is the um, the new earth and the old earth are separating, and we're going into the new earth. Now, the book I just uh, published that just came off the press this last week is my new one. It's called The Three Waves of Volunteers and the New Earth. And I'm still working at Convoluted 4 because I had such a tremendous amount of information, I had to break it up into several books. And the um, the new one everybody wanted to know was the 2012, the new earth, so I went ahead and put that information out first. 
But I have enough information for probably two or three more books, and I've got to focus now on what's going to go into the convoluted form. As I have, my information just keeps coming and coming and coming. And for those out there who don't know me, I'm not a psychic. I don't channel. I've been doing hypnotherapy for over 40 years. And everything that I write about comes from the thousands and thousands of clients that I see. I consider myself the investigator, the reporter, the researcher of lost knowledge. I take the information that comes from the clients when I'm doing the therapy, and I put it all together. It's like putting a big puzzle together. I take a piece from one and a piece from another, and you get the picture. And it's amazing because the majority of them are saying the same things, yet they don't know what anyone else has said. To me, that gives it validity if they're repeating the same information. So I put it all together, and then you get this wonderful story that is coming out. So it doesn't come through just one person, and I think that's amazing. So you're getting continuity through different hypnosis subjects, basically. Yes. Because yeah. you know that people always saying you don't have any proof. Well, when you're doing scientific experiments, if it's repeatable, the experiment is repeatable time after time, they consider that to be proof. Well, if I have thousands of people all saying the same thing and they don't know what anyone else is saying, to me, I think that is proof. But yeah. if they say there's no amount of proof for a true skeptic anyway, so why bother? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the 2012 date, for me, I I have sort of reservations for it, in a, in a sense, because I know there's a shift happening on the planet. And I guess what worries me when, when people focus on a date particularly then when that date comes and goes, they can be they can be disappointed. When actual fact, the changes are there in front of their faces, but they're focused so much on a date, they become disillusioned when something doesn't happen on that day. But we're in the middle of it right now. Oh. It began happening, I believe, around 2003, and it's been a very gradual process. Those who have been aware know something is happening. They can feel it in their bodies. They can see it around them. But it isn't going to just be sudden boom, and you're there. It's very gradual. But by the t 2012, what I've been told, that is just the cum accumulation of the energy that finally pushes us into the other dimension. But uh, we won't be really aware of it. It's just going to be gradual. Okay. But it is definitely happening, and you can tell it in your bodies, and you can see it around you. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, basically, I just, I just wrote down a question, actually, um, because I think it's in your last book, there was um, one of the hypnosis subjects at the end of the last book mentioned that there was going to be uh, a time of chaos, and that there were like we're many. In that. We're in that now, aren't we? You could say, and that there were many light workers trying to help those that were on the fence, as it were, with what was going on, and obviously there was those that would never be, would never awaken, if you like, and that subject saw people ascending out of this reality onto the new earth, and the ones left behind would be on the chaotic one, and I was just wondering if that was more of a metaphor, or whether, you know, will it still be like that, in a sense, where we disappear somewhere else? I mean, I mean, it logically or objectively, it seems that what you just said a moment ago, that it's more of a transition into a new world. Well, it's not really ascending because the whole planet is going to ascend at once. That's what the difference is. 
Oh, it's very hard to explain because it has never happened before in the history of the universe. And even the ones that I work with when I'm doing my work say, we can't give you all the answers because we don't know. Nobody knows because it has never happened before. Everyone's watching because this is the greatest show on earth. Are we going to be able to do it? Are we going to be able to pull it off? But it is the separating as the, the earth, the earth itself is a living entity. It's a living being. And it is going to go into its next incarnation. And as it moves into its next incarnation, it is going into another dimension. And it's why the frequencies and vibrations are changing. But we are going with it. So it's not really ascending. The whole thing is going together. And that's why you won't notice any difference. But the old earth will remain with the negativity. Those people who, uh, they can't change the vibrations overnight. It's impossible. So those who are into deep negativity, they will stay with the old earth. They will stay with what they created. The others are the ones that are going to go to the new earth. So that's the difference. And the one won't even be aware of the other. The ones in the negative and the old earth were all the all the chaos is happening, all the earthquakes, the tsunamis, and all those things, they won't even be aware that anything has happened. They'll still be mired in that. But the ones that go with the new earth will realize a tremendous difference, and it's going to be beautiful and wonderful. It's happening now. Some people are aware of it. Yeah. So do you, I mean, through your research, if you come across why the universe or why the earth is going through this transitional period at this time? It's going into its next incarnation. Oh, I see. So it's part of a cycle. That it's it's fine. Yeah, it's a cycle. It's fed up with the way humans have been treating the old earth. See, that's the thing. It is going to grow regardless because it is a living being. It doesn't care if humans go with it or not. It would just as well that the humans didn't go because <laughs> look what we have done to the earth. Mm. We're like trees on a dog. So it would just as well that we wouldn't go with it. But if we want to ascend with it, we have to change our vibration and frequency. But it's time. This is it's just why I said this is the most momentous time in history because it's never happened before. So have you come across any um, kind of external beings or extraterrestrial or ultra beings that are helping with this process? I mean, do we need help? They are, but not in the way that you think. That's what the book, The Three Waves of Volunteers, is about, and that's what I'll be lecturing on, on these different talks that I'm going to be giving, is because uh, we are all ETs. You know, we have all lived other lives on other planets, and many of us never been to Earth before. We have been ETs living on spaceships and planets, and we volunteered to come to help with all of this because they're not stuck in the, uh, the karmic wheel. And that's what the, I'm going to talk about, the three waves. Many of them have come from many other places. But that's how they're helping is to, they don't even know this. The person has no idea of they, that they were originally an ET. They have none of that because when you come to Earth, the uh, memory is erased. And you don't remember anything about your plan and your contracts you made before you came to Earth. But that goes for everybody. Mm. Many of us are stuck on the wheel of karma, and we have to keep coming back again and again to re uh, repay the karma. 
But the new ones coming in don't have any earthly karma. This way they can do their job helping the earth ascend and then to get out of here because they don't want to be stuck here. So this, It's a whole lot to it and it's a little complicated, but I go into a lot of detail in the new book. It's called The Three Waves of Volunteers and the New Earth. But this seems to be what people are very interested in because they many, many people, I get letters and emails from all over the world, keep saying, um, I don't like it here. I don't feel I belong here. I want to go home. I don't know where home is, but I know it's not here. I can't take the violence. Those are the volunteers. And they think they're all alone out there, that there was nobody else having the same experience. But I've found many, many in, in my work and that's why I classified them into three waves according to their age groups. But it is, uh, it really makes them feel better to realize they're not alone. There are other people all over the world having the same experience. Uh, but there's a whole lot to the whole uh, scenario of all of this. But uh, we are living in an exciting time. But the ETs are not going to take us up anywhere. They're just here to help and observe and make sure it all goes the way it's supposed to go. Sure. Okay. So if you, if you had any insight into what Earth could look like in 10 years' time, I mean, how humanity might actually uh, look, you know, exist or how we might look like. How we look like or what? Well, what I mean is... is um, in a moment, we live in a, in, a, in a society that's based on the monetary system, and there's cities all around the world, very consumer-based, lots of industry, that, you know, that kind of thing, really. But, I mean, is, do you see a drastic change in how we're going to be as a society, as a humanity in the well, future? it's going to be wonderful. Mm. There'll be peace, there won't be any war, there won't be any violence. It's going to be a really wonderful change. <clears throat> you know... This is mentioned in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, when they talk about the new heaven and the new earth, and you know that some will be left and the others will be taken. But whenever St. John wrote that on the Isle of Pathos, when he had that vision, he didn't realize it was going to be thousands of years later before it came about. But I've had people ask me, are we going to have to die to go to the new earth? No, you won't. You're, you're doing it now. It, it can't the energy can't happen suddenly or it would destroy the body. So it has to be a gradual process, and that's why the body adapts to it over a period of time. But when you when the, go over the earth, we're going in our physical body. But after we're there for a long, long period of time, the bodies will change and eventually will turn into beings of light. And I've spoken in my regression sessions with many who are already uh, evolved to that point where they are beings of light and they don't have to come back go anywhere they are have arrived at what they're supposed to be but eventually when you get over there you won't even have to eat it so things like that will be different but it's such a gradual process that you won't really notice a drastic change yeah but it's going to be beautiful he said the colors are going to be fantastic it's just a feeling of uh, peace and happiness that you can't even imagine. Okay. So, I mean, just getting on to the, um, the, the tour that you're doing, um, just let people know that you're actually going to be coming to the UK uh, in August, between August and September. 
um, and that you actually could be visiting quite a number of places. So I'll just read them out. Um, in the, be, be more detailed, obviously, uh, we'll have a link underneath the show to your uh, to the Universal Mind website where all the details of this are actually listed. But you're going to be in Dublin, Bournemouth. Better, but I am starting out in yeah. Stockholm and then yeah. going to Dublin. So it's going to be some more places in Europe too. Yeah. Okay, but you go ahead and focus on the ones in the UK. Okay. So basically, I've got Dublin the 23rd of August and then you're in Bournemouth the 30th, Cardiff, Wales, 31st of August. Then Bristol on the second of September. Then Glastonbury. So you're doing all. You're going to Glastonbury and, and doing quite a few sacred sites there on the third of September. Then, then obviously the next day you're off to Stonehenge and Avebury. And wonderful place, Avebury and Stonehenge are. You know, I've been there before, but it's, it's, this one's going to be. People can go along on the tour with us. Hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, so we'll go back to that yeah. in a minute. So then from there, Birmingham, Birmingham 5th of September, Manchester the 7th of September, then off to Edinburgh on the 9th, back in London. Actually, you've got quite a few dates in London because you're doing some bookshops as well. So London 11th, London the 13th. I believe there's another one in London as well. And then Oxfordshire as well, 15th and 18th. So, I mean, do you want to go through what you'll be doing on the tour when you're over here? Because I know you're doing a mystical island. You're obviously doing the two-day sacred england tour aren't you and then people can have dinner with you as well yeah that somebody else has set all this up i'm going to find out when <laughs> i get there but, but the last one in oxfordshire is when i'm going to be doing my class yeah there's only two messes in europe this year there's one in stockholm and then i'll have a class in oxfordshire this is where i train people to do what i do with this unique form of hypnosis and uh, it's one that I developed over 40 years. We have access to the source of all knowledge, and you can have any questions to any answers, any answers any questions you want. Also, it's a way to have instantaneous healing through this form of hypnosis. And I'm training people all over the world. So that will be my class, will be the last stop on this tour. That is... Uh, in Oxfordshire, let me see, it's here from September 15th to the 18th. So what can people expect, in, expect on that course there? So, so basically you're going to be showing them how to get into the, uh, the, the state of consciousness that you, you take your subjects into to, to gather that yes. deep information. It's a three-day class, and I go step by step. And if they do what I tell them to do, they'll be able to do the same things that I do. And we have uh, students all over the world who are reporting the same miracles that I'm reporting. So it's not something unique to me. I had to start teaching because I had so many people wanting sessions. They come to me from all over the world wanting healings. Many of them are scheduled for surgeries. And I can't see all these people. So I started eight years ago giving my class to train others to do what I do. And we have a website after you've taken the class where we have interaction and we have support systems so you're not left alone. The person can uh, interact with other students if they're having problems or have questions on the technique. So we have a very active support group too, the ones who have taken the class. Yeah. 
Okay. So when you're coming over, are you, will you be looking at the crop circles as well? Because I know that you are a crop circle and UFO investigator as well, or, or have been in the past with that. So, I mean, will you be taking a look at the crop circles and, and trying to figure out... I don't know if that's on the tour or not, yeah. but, you know, I've spent many years investigating them, and I've written about them in many of my books, and I know what they are, and I know how they're formed. I really don't have to see them anymore. No, okay. So, what, what, I mean, what are they... What are they used for, and how are they formed? They're a language. Yeah, like hidden symbols. The symbols, hmm. see, the subconscious mind recognizes things by symbols, and the symbol contains a huge amount of information. Any symbol does, and the subconscious mind receives the information from the symbol. The conscious mind hasn't got a clue of what it's saying. And this is all downloaded into the mind on a cellular level. Now, you don't have to be in the crop circles to get the information. All you have to do is see the picture of the symbol, like the pictures people have out there of the crop circles. There's a lot of energy in the crop circles, but you don't have to be in that. If you see the picture, it instantly downloads all of this information into the mind on a cellular level. And then that means later, whenever you're going to need this information, like in this shift, this uh, transition we're going through right now, the information will come forth and you'll have it, you'll know what to do, and you won't even know where the information came from. Yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. So, I mean, with, with, with the, the research you've gained over the years, obviously visiting some of these sites, such as Stonehenge, Avebury, um, the tour and stuff like that, we you'll be able to give um, insights into what you think they're used for for your own hypnosis research? Yeah, that's supposed to be part of it. I will tell them what I have found anyway, because in my work, anything that's a mystery, I wanted to know about. So I always asked about everything, and these are in the convoluted universe, especially book one. Hmm. <laughs> book four... I'm going into some more of these mysteries. And so I will tell what I have discovered anyway. Okay, because I mean, by, by your very nature, you're extremely inquisitive, aren't you? So, I mean, when this opened up for you, it must have been like, um, well, I would say like a kid in a candy store, really, you know, being able oh, to yeah. access this information. Yeah, because I am so curious. I've always wanted to know the answers to everything. So I think anybody out there who has that kind of curiosity, if you suddenly found a way you could get the information, you would want to keep asking questions. And that's what I'm doing, and the more questions I ask, the more information it comes in. They said the questions are very important. If you don't ask the question and if you don't ask it in the right way, you're not going to get the information. So that's what I love. I love finding out things that nobody else knows. To me, that's a great adventure. <laughs> so, uh, with book three of Convoluted Universe, obviously that was you had quite a lot of subjects that you um, that helped you write that book. But with is four based on new subjects that you've encountered, or is that an overlap of the the material you couldn't fit into three? It's still pouring out of the people I work with. <clears throat> that's why I have so much information. And I have more than enough for convoluted four, and that's why I divided it up into the New Earth book. And then there's so much that I'm thinking of maybe dipping some of it up into another book. But yes, it is still, everybody that comes to see me, 
Uh, they get help, but also we get this information that comes through. Yeah. And it just keeps coming and pouring. And that's what, with the convoluted universe books, I said those were for people who wanted their minds bent like pretzels. Because it's <laughs> stuff that we haven't ever thought about, theories and concepts that we've never, have never been presented to mankind before. But this is part of moving into this new earth, into the transition, is to open up those parts of our mind where we're going to want to ask questions, we're going to want to know. It's a reawakening of our psychic abilities to be able to understand these things and perceive them. This is part of a lot of the changes that are happening to people. Yeah, so sure. That's what my job is, and I keep getting things that people say when they read the books, they said we may not understand it, but it makes us think. No, it does, and it seems to it's ring like, true uh, as well. But after I finish the UK tour, I'm only going to be home two days, and I have to turn around and go to a huge conference in India. So it's going to be not much time to adjust to jet lag. Okay. That's interesting you say that. So, I mean, obviously India has always been a very uh, spiritual country, isn't it? And I mean, in some yeah. ways, their, their ways have kind of filtered into our culture. And um, But I mean, is India awakening with the same philosophies with like you know ascension and a new earth that kind of thing this one i think is interesting it's called the global congress of spiritual scientists right what's that about well they're they're supposed to be the high, most highly developed minds in the world are going to be there it's going to be a really conference that's why i agreed to do it even though i'm only going to have two days to turn around and go back over there it's going to be in bangalore and uh, so I said, I had to go to that. This is actually focusing on the changes and the shift in the year 2012. Wow. So I do that, and then I'm going to be home one week, and I go to uh, Japan, Singapore, six cities in Australia, and then I'll be home the end of November. I get to stay home for a couple <laughs> of months for the holidays. Yeah. Well, I hope you get some rest along the way. I try, anyway. <laughs> How do you fit in, you know, writing books? You know, you seem so very busy. Yeah. Yeah. And I take, it, I take my work with me, so when I do have some downtime, I'm still writing. And even at home, although I have a real full schedule all day, because right now I have the publishing company, too, that mm. I write at night. So I see clients, I do the lectures and the traveling and running the company, but I write at night, so I'm always doing something. So do you think there'll be a time, you know, very soon where this will hit the mainstream in a way? Because it, it also, it's, also, um, it's still very, um, what's the word, it's uh, niche, really, with, you know, within the spiritual people, like minds, that sort of thing, but the media it still seems to have a lid on it. Doesn't it? For the no, film. not here. Not right. in the United States. Not in, in the United States. So what oh, there, there's so many psychic programs and spiritual programs, and I'm involved in all of this because they're going to turn my books into a, a series, a TV series. And they said, no, over here, this is hot. Everybody wants to know these things. Okay. Yeah, no, what, what, I, what I was talking about more is, the, is our newspapers that keep people distracted every day. 
They, they just yeah. report on the main issues. We, we do have a lot of psychic programs, and it does seem to be a lot of um, sci-fi things coming out of America now, all about ETs and fringe and all, all, all weird stuff, really. Um, yes, the stuff is pretty weird. Yeah, anyway. yeah. You no, know, you do have some psychic programs in the UK, because I've been on Oh, TV absolutely, show. you do, yeah, yeah. Have you, did you, have you watched Fringe at all, the American show? Oh, I don't I haven't watched that. Okay, because um, there was something in in one of your books that talks about multiple timelines and and things like that, where you know almost for every decision you make, there's a different timeline created. And this yeah, is this show covers that. all that. Yeah, this this show called Fringe covers that scenario, and it's it's almost like a show about about the FBI, but talking about concepts of multiple realities and uh, psychic awareness and mind control and telekinesis. It's quite incredible. So that's a, a mainstream show, I guess, on, on TV discussing those topics. Yeah, I wonder if they got the material from my book. Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I haven't watched it, but uh, it is. They have been other shows where they have uh, tried to incorporate that idea. There was a movie called Swinging Doors. I don't know if you ever saw that. No, I haven't, no. no. Yeah, it's been out for a long time where the person, by making one decision, uh, she split into two realities, and then the, uh, they both were living out the different realities, and it was showing uh, what happened. Their lives were totally different by making one decision to go a different direction. Yeah, yeah. So it followed both of these women's lives as to what happened. So the idea is there. It's uh, it has to be done in a fiction way for us to understand it. Indeed, indeed. In fact, right, multiple, it's multiple, way too mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the multiple timeline idea is a lot easier to uh, to take in than the paradox idea, where if you went back and changed, a, a, you know, a previous part of history that everything yeah. will change in the current it doesn't make any sense but to split off into a different timeline makes complete sense yeah because i've even asked that question where people say you go back in the past change something will it affect now they said no it won't no and it has to do because of the, the parallel timeline indeed yeah so have you got anything that you can share with us in the new book that you've been asking i mean what what kind of questions do you do you ask now when, when you're researching this I'm always open to whatever comes because sometimes they'll throw me a concept I've never even thought about. And it's like, uh, well, I've said for many, many years, they've been like feeding me, feeding me little spoonfuls of information. You can't have it all at once. Nobody can. It would just be too uh, overwhelming for your mind. I have students that ask me, keep saying, I want to know it all. And they said, it's impossible. You can't know it all. It's not the brain, but it's the mind has no concepts to understand absolutely everything that's happening. So we have to focus on our reality right now in this life. That's all we can handle. After you die, when you're on the spirit side, then you can see how it all fits together. But it's too much for the human mind now. So they give you little pieces of information as you can handle it. And then when I, you understand that, they give you another spoonful and another spoonful because what I'm getting now, I would never have understood 30 years ago. It was, it's way too complex. 
But we're getting to the point that they want us to know these things because we are evolving. We're all changing. Yeah. And there's a lot of very unusual and strange concepts. And every time I think I've got it all, they say, oh, no, there's a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) So they tease you that way. They give you a little bit of information. And so the new book, Convolution 4, is going to have some more of these in it. Yeah. But it's an ongoing thing. There's no way that you could ever finish it all. So they said, we'll never be able to know it all. And that's that's very intriguing. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's absolutely mind-blowing. But, um, I I mean, I, I love it personally. I just think that life would just seem so dull if we just believe that we live in a, a physical universe and it, that's all it was, you know, but yeah. I mean, but we now have, you know, quantum physics and, you know, they, and that shows us that the chair that I'm sitting on tonight is not, you know, physical. It's, it's energy. Just, you know, I'm, it's, do you see what I'm saying? It's like things like that, you know, science is catching up now with what physical, um, uh, spiritual philosophy has been saying for years. Yeah. I have, um, I get emails, and I had one from a, a physicist, and he said he was so amazed by what, I don't remember which one of the convoluted books it was. He said, this could rewrite the whole theory of physics. Hmm. But he said, before I go out on the limb and start telling all my other colleagues, I just want to ask you one question. Did you make all of this up? And <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny. How could I make up those concepts? It would be impossible. Yeah. And did the concepts make any sense to him? In you know, in a oh, it did, but yeah. it was way off of what they've been taught and what they have even considered. That's why he said this could rewrite the whole laws of physics. Yeah. But I didn't have anything to do with it. I'm just a reporter that puts it together. Well, I mean, so hopefully, yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, hopefully it's, it will sow seeds with those great minds and, and lead them, in, you know, into a better path, really, with science. Yes. You know, because obviously the things that we need is free energy. That would be a lovely concept, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, but I know that is is reality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've spoken to people all over the world who are working on the same concept of uh, free energy. And I thought, should I put these people together? And uh, in my work, they said, no, leave them alone, because they can work on it better individually, that someone will get it. That's it's in the timeline right now to happen. But if they combine their knowledge together, they said that would weaken it. Mm. They're more powerful if they all work alone, and somebody will eventually produce the concept. But it, it is out there, and it's coming. Yeah. That's so, only one of the things that are coming. Yeah. So do you have any any insight into what else might be coming? Oh, um, look, look at what the world's doing now. Look at our, our uh, computers and all the technology stuff that's happening. I read an article a few years ago talking about how everything in Star Trek it's becoming a re- reality now. Yeah. You know? It's not really the, science the fiction. mobile phones, you know, how they went around with the things stuck in their ear. They were doing that, what, 20, 40, uh, 20 30 years ago. Mm. And everything that they had with the computers, all this we have now. The article said the only thing we haven't been able to do yet is the beam me up, Scotty, where you dissolve, you know, and you can reappear somewhere else. 
but uh, don't don't put it don't put it down because we don't know. Maybe that's going to be the next thing. Yeah, I think it'd be a perfect way to travel instead of these long trips on the airplane. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think they've done an experiment with um, particles, haven't they? Where they've actually transported a particle from one end of the lab to the other. But it's, it's how yeah. it's how you disassemble something, then reassemble it somewhere else. You know, for an entire body, that would be quite complex, wouldn't it? And you know, it might you might have your head on your feet and your feet in your ears or something <laughs> strange. Yeah, but it is being worked on. So all yeah. of these things are within the realm of possibility. That's why we're living in such exciting times. Yeah. Okay. But I know I clients who just go day to day and they're bored. They don't. They have a job they hate and. Um, some of them come to me and say they want to commit suicide. They hate their job so much, and they're serious. So it's very dull. Their lives are like that. But if you follow your dream, if you follow what it is you're really supposed to be doing, uh, you'd be amazed how your life would change. There's a lot out there for you. Yeah, no, and I agree, I agree. And it is is tough for people at the moment as well, because a lot of people only see... um, doom and gloom and they see a system collapsing and possibly yeah. they see no future but you know they're not really understanding that on the other end of it you know it's looking uh-huh. the possibilities seem to be you know good if you know from what we're hearing you know and um there's, there's enough good people out there who are waking up who, who understand this knowledge to ensure that we build a world like that and it seems that the energy is on our side don't you think See, when I did my uh, Around the United States tour last year, we called it the Awakening Tour. He's saying the veil is lifting. We're beginning to see more. I just did a conference in New Mexico in Albuquerque, and when it was over, I didn't hear the other speakers. These people came up and they said all the other speakers were talking about is doom and gloom and all this horrible stuff. And we were saying, well, we might as well go out now and slit our throat now rather than wait. It was so awful. But they said, you were the only speaker that gave us hope that there is something to look forward out there. And there is change, and it's beautiful. And they said, you're the only one that gave us hope in this whole conference. Yeah. So, you know, why do you want to spread doom and gloom and fear and all of these negative things when life can really be quite beautiful I, I think humans have got great resilience as well though so even in um, very harsh challenging scenarios people do amazing things and i think it's in those times when i think people really show their strength as well yeah. you know they come together and i think that's a great thing you know out of um, those issues communities come together don't they and help each other yeah Because you've got to remember, whenever you came into this earth, on the spirit side, you made your plan of what you were going to try to accomplish, what you hoped to accomplish in this lifetime. Of course, a lot of it has to do with repaying karma, too. But you make your plan, you make your contracts with all the other people you're going to be involved with. And sometimes I've had people tell me horror stories of their childhood and their lives. They're very negative. But what has come out in the session then is, all right, what did you learn from that situation? You created it for a reason. You're not the victim in this. You created that uh, scenario, those events, those circumstances to learn something from. 
And if you figure out, if you even learned one thing from the situation, that was the reason for having the experience. People say, well, I didn't learn anything. Well, guess what? They got to do it again. And they have to do it with the same people, the same circumstances, only next time it'll be worse. It's a different school. You can't go on to the next grade until you complete this class. So if you start looking at it that way, why did I create this? What was I trying to tell myself? What do I have to learn from it? I think you're going to start looking at things totally different. Okay. Have you come across the work of Michael, Michael Newton as well? Well, yes. I have never met him, but yeah. he, my work predates his. Yeah. But he only focuses on one phase of this. He only focuses on the between lives, the spirit side. And that's just one part of my work because we go way, way beyond that. You can go to the spirit side. That's very easy. And we do it in just about every session we do. But that's only a very small part of what you can learn with this work. Yeah. So um, he's not even doing um, private sessions anymore. He has stopped. So I don't know how many more books if he's written anything else or not anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, between the two of you, you've covered everything. You've covered the whole multi-dimensional, multi-universe, um, yeah. multi-beings as well. He's covered the, the life between lives. So, I mean, yeah. I, I read his books first and then I came across your books afterwards. And in a way, those two sets of books cover everything that you need to know. Yeah, I, I wrote a book about, you know, it's called Between Death and Life. And mine came out before his did about the what happens when you die and what it's like over there and all the places you go to. And it's amazing we all have the same information, so it shows it is true. Yeah, so the same information, and, right, okay. I could have stopped there, but mm. there was too much other things coming in, so I just kept evolving. You know, they do valuable work, but some people stop instead of, exploring more extending their minds more you could they could evolve and learn a lot more about this yeah but so, you know if they want to stop there that's okay they have uh, contributed something valuable but my mind just keeps wanting to keep growing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean one, one last question um Obviously, the, the money is the worry that people have got at the moment, and we can we visibly see in the, the money system it seems to be in freefall. I mean, do, do you think that we will exist in the very near future without money, or do you think money will still uh, be? Sorry, look at it another way. Yeah, you know, you create your reality. If you've got money problems, you have created that. It is so easy to have material things. That's the easiest thing there is to create. And you create everything in your life, everything that's around you. If you have money problems, you have put it there for a reason. But this is what we don't understand. Everything is energy. And the most important lesson you have come to Earth to learn is how to manipulate energy. That's one of the main lessons in this class that we're taking. How to manipulate energy. What that means is you have to learn how to create. And it's very, very easy. And once you understand how to create, you create anything you want in your life. You know, in metaphysics, there are certain laws, and these definitely apply 
One is the law of abundance. There's always enough for everybody. And then there is a law of attraction. You draw to you what you focus on. If you focus on lack, need, I don't have enough, etc., etc., you are drawing that to you. But if you focus on abundance, I have more than enough, and it comes easily, that is what you will draw to you because you are the controller of your life. You're the, the producer, director, actor, and script writer of your own play, and you can change that script anytime you want. It's so easy to get what you need just by focusing on it. There's only two rules about creating your reality and bringing in anything you want into your life. There's only two rules. One of them is you never create anything that is going to harm anyone else. And you never create anything that will take away from anyone else. If you obey those two rules, you can have anything you want in your life. So they talk about economic crisis, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, well, I'm not experiencing that. That's not in my reality. You have to change your way of looking at these things. Mm. It becomes very easy to work with the law of metaphysics. Does that make sense yeah, abso- to you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think there's, there are people from um, in, in hidden societies and mystery schools that have, have known these concepts uh, you, know, you know, for millennia, really. And it's oh, only... yeah, they, they've been around forever. Yeah. We're just bringing them back now. I work with a lot of swamis at different ashrams. I speak at ashrams all over the world, and they'll say, what you were saying is not new. It's old, old. It's part of our very beginning beliefs of our, our system, mm. that their beliefs. So it's just bringing back what has always been known, but it was always for the initiates, for those in the mystery schools. It was not for the common person before. Now it was becoming available to anybody. That's the amazing thing. We're all moving into that part that we can know how to use our minds. Yeah. And I guess when you've got a collective of people all using it for the same common good, it becomes extremely powerful. Because you don't realize how the power of your own mind, but if one man's mind is that powerful, imagine the power of group mind. You get groups of people focusing on the same thing, The power is not only multiplied, it is squared. And the power is tremendous to create anything you want. So that's what this is about now, the awakening. Re-coming, awakening to your own power. You are a great and powerful being, and you have to learn that before you finish the Earth School. So this shows what we're going to be doing when we go into the New Earth. It is... We're realizing our power, coming to terms with it. And look what we can do. We can produce a wonderful world. So that's this time we're living in right now. Yeah. What a, what a great time to be alive, eh? <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Dolores. It's always a pleasure, um, as usual. And, you know, I'm sure people will have great benefit coming to your tour in, in the UK. So if anybody wants to... Um, to look at that it's between august 23rd and september the 13th 
and that's across the UK. And, and, and Dolores is also in Stockholm as well. So there's details for um, Dolores' UK tour underneath this show. And you can also go off to www.universal-mind.co.uk as well to find out more information. So thank you again, Dolores. Is there anything you want to say before you go? Well, we're still taking, uh, you know, applications if people want to take the class. That is the last stop. That's in Oxford Chapel. But people want, they can check on there or they can check on my website, find out more about how they can sign up for these classes. Okay. Uh, well, my website, the name of my company is Ozark Mountain Publishing, so it's abbreviated on the website, O-Z-A-R-K-M-T dot com. Or in your part of the world, it would be O-Z-A-R-K-M-T dot com. Or you just type in DoloresCannon.com and you'll bring up everything. Okay, wonderful. All right, well, thank you very much, Dolores. And uh, I wish you all the very best for your tour and, and obviously your coming year as well, You know all the tours you're doing this year. So you're obviously a great spiritual worker and ambassador uh, for humanity, really, with the work that you're doing. Okay, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wonderful. All right, thank you very much, Dolores. All right, and thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome. Take care. All right. Bye.